You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fascinating episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are going to be talking with the one and only Lucas Psycho from North Dakota. The guy has a dream, right? Not only is he a family man, not only is he a whitetail addict, but he has a dream of becoming a successful jet ski hunter and you're going to learn all about that in today's episode we have a uh, an excellent episode coming your way we're going to uh, get an update from lucas about his upcoming seasons we're going to talk about a couple past hunts we're going to talk about the logistics of hunting from a jet ski and uh and why it is one of his goals and i love this guy because he's intense right he has the intensity that I feel like I have. He just wears it on his sleeve more. Uh, and so I love talking with this guy. He's very passionate. If you have not heard of this guy, you're probably living under a rock because the guy goes out on river bottom, public land ground, somewhere in North Dakota along the Missouri River and locates good bucks every single year and finds a way to knock one down. And uh, it's uh, he's a pretty badass dude, pretty badass. So here's the deal. Um... What else do I have to talk about other than that? I think I might keep this intro short, dude. Uh, what, do, what are my commercials today? My commercials are uh, Woodman's Pal and Huntworth. All right, so it's funny. You know, the perks of having this sh- this show are that um, I get free gear, right? And so I'm about ready to uh, place an order you know, I've been talking with them about the gear that they make. And so I'm looking online and I pulled up some of the other brands that, uh, some of the elite brands, I guess you would call it, uh, and was comparing their price. And it is true, right? And and the quality, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to experience yet, but there's been some tests done and they say that you're getting 80% of the quality at 50% of the cost compared to some of the elite brands. I know uh, some guys from, I believe it's the working class bowhunter guys wear it, they love it. The uh, Missouri Woods and Water guys, they wear it, they love it. I think uh, uh, the, the guys over at the Pennsylvania Outdoorsman, he wears it, he loves it. And so it is a, a very high quality high quality uh, fabric, high quality design. Uh, it's meant to be affordable, 
but don't get it twisted. Just because something is affordable doesn't mean it can't be durable and withstand a lot of rigorous activity. So uh, um, go check out huntworthgear.com and check out all of the patterns and all of the options that they guys have. And then while you're there, read up on Heat Boost, this Heat Boost technology that they have that they introduce into their, their clothing. Uh, and that's if you're a, a Midwestern tree stand guy, it's going to do the job you know, and uh, keep you warm in the, in the colder temps. So uh, huntworthgear.com. Next is the Woodman's Pal. I'm going to pull up their website once real quick, and I'm going to shut off my air conditioner. Woodman's Pal. Okay, here it is. The woodmanspal.com is where you're going to want to go. The really cool, dude, this thing is just straight up durable. And when you hold it in your hand, uh, you can feel the durability in it. And you can feel the, uh, you know, you can feel the craftsmanship. It's made in America. It's been made in America since 1941. And it's, it's served its purpose not only in the habitat world, but in the military armed forces world as well. And so it comes with a great sheath. You can hack the crap out of things. Like uh, this weekend, I had some overgrown bushes and trees in my garden that I haven't planted for two years. So I went in there with it, and I was hacking it at the base, and it goes through it like butter. And it's uh, it's just a tool that I'm going to start keeping in my truck and in my pack so then when I'm doing my running guns or I'm doing my uh, you know uh, cutting tree stands or clearing out a a place for trail cameras i'm gonna have it so uh go check out woodmanspal.com and uh, read up on all the the awesome uh, all the awesome functionality of this how it's designed the material used and then uh while you're there look at some of the other accessories that these guys have too so uh, woodmanspal.com check them out uh huge shout out to absolutely everyone for taking time out of your day to go and check out the nine finger chronicles please go to itunes or wherever you uh, wherever you listen to your podcast give me a five-star review make it worthwhile uh i tell you what give me a five-star review make it funny and i will read it on the air and i will uh uh i'll make a thing of it so go do that uh that's it been mumbling here. Let's get into today's episode with my man Lucas Psycho. Hopefully, everybody enjoys. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my brother from North Dakota, Mr. Lucas Psycho. Lucas, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, man. Good to see you too. Um, we don't catch up enough. I I feel no. like. And we, we just had this huge conversation about like our kids and activities before we started recording. And, uh, it's crazy how something happens in life and your priorities just totally shift. And I can remember like wanting to be involved, like involved in going out to football games with my buddies and going out to, you know, catch up with them at, you know, to, at a bar or go get coffee with them and things like that. And yep. I, it's weird how move, you spend so much time with these people as 
you grow up even into your adulthood and then you get married and start having a family and it just kind of fades away. It's not on purpose. It's just nope. the priorities change and life changes and and uh and now it's like I I hate to say it but I could care less, man. Yeah. Well, and that's that's to say like but I mean I mean we've all we've all been there. We're all there all like in and out all the time yeah. too. So it's like for me I also value that that the friend my buddies and yeah. you know and and doing things like this it's right up there i think yep. it's super important yep i think being a being a man you got to be around guys absolutely yeah to a some extent you have to have it I, I do anyways like so it's i actually feel bad and like start to uh i guess have regrets and you know and go like god dang i haven't called him lately i haven't talked to that guy lately i haven't whatever you yeah. know and i I actually, I'm trying more as I'm getting older to prioritize it more because I just feel like I'm a better person when I get that involvement with yeah. my buddies and, you know, and I think point. my family, my family benefits from it too. You know, yeah. um, dad's a different person when he gets to have some guy time, you know, oh, yeah. like to come back and I'm, it's, you know, and they get, you know, the wife gets a break yeah. <laughs> from me. Yeah. So that's important. What that's you, important. You riding her ass all day. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever right i mean it's, you know i mean we get to i know it's you know as dads we get to be that uh i think some of us are kind of like that the leader of the family and yep. you're kind of always instilling what you need done what we're yep. going to do how we're going to do it and yep. you know holy shit we're we're really sucking at the garden you yep. know or the, the yard work and all that and so you start to you know you always kind of got to be that that person it seems like yeah and so um, it's good to just have that break, yeah. you know, and yeah. I get it every, every year, a couple of, you know, quite a few times, good, good ones, you know, yeah. where I just like force myself to do it too, a little bit. And, and, you know, whether it's getting together and hunting or, you know, we just had paddle fishing and I took literally, it was like seven, eight days straight of nothing, but my hanging with my brother and my buddies and on the river and fishing. Yeah. And it's, it's a refresher, man. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. you know just at the soul level like you yeah. just feel like re-energized yeah know? i feel like that when i go on some of my like when i go out to south dakota or nebraska or you know whatever if i go out to colorado on an elk cut or something like that i feel that yeah. same way but it's all condensed into like a two or three month period it's and then like right about now mm -hmm. I could use something like that. I could use a fishing yeah. trip with a buddy or I could use a camping trip or a hike or something, you know, something with, right. I, I love my family, but without my family, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, yep. just do some guy exactly. shit. Like chop down a tree or something. I don't, I don't know. Like something, <laughs> something different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, all right. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, all right. So I got, I'm just going to go get right into this one because man, a while ago you were on a podcast and you're like, dude, my next goal is to kill a deer by accessing, you know, uh, using access through water on a jet ski. Are you yep. any closer to accomplishing that goal than the last time we spoke? Oh, 
it's all about just getting the the, the jet ski now because I got rid of my other ones because okay. it just it made sense to get rid of those ones at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I've been shopping around and I got I don't know I'm watching I don't know probably four to six different ones, okay. a couple of a couple of pairs. Yep, you know pairs of jet skis, but got them on watch lists and the the time to buy them is going to be like August. Mm-hmm. So like right. I'm kind of watching and I'm going to see which ones kind of start to slip back and, you know, the prices will start to drop and, you know, what people are asking. And because, I mean, I want one that I can just, I can beat it up. Man. Yeah. I can deck it out however I want it. And ideally, if I could get two of them, one can be like the, the family jet ski, so to speak, that like that's what we kind of go out and everybody plays around on. And then the other one can be, you know, the, the buck hauler, you know. <laughs> Have uh, other than daydreaming about it, have you thought about the logistics of trying to put a full grown, mature yeah. whitetail buck on yeah. a jet ski? And I want you to explain that to us. I would, I would, it, it would be easy, dude. I'd sit on it, I'd okay. sit on it, I'd lay, the, I'd lay the deer on the seat, straddle that sucker, and we'd haul ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I've hunted off of them. I don't know. I, I have done it. I've I've used them. I just I haven't kill killed. Them, you know. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I have used them. Okay. Those ones I had, I, I was using them. I yeah. almost envisioned like the Hawaii lifeguard when a surfer crashes in the water and they have that little attachment on the back of the uh, yep. on there, yep. and then they the surfer like holds a, on. Like a, yeah, like a trailer. Yeah, yeah, like a little trailer. But I guess yeah. your method would work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, and I think what would happen is if you, you know, you have it gutted. Yeah. A lot of them seats, you'd straddle that rib cage. You just, you just straddle that rib cage right over the top of that sucker and big buck head right in front, freaking horns in your face, just hauling ass, dude. Just, you know? Just imagine a guy or maybe even a family on a nice pontoon boat ride, you know, and they're, and they see you, this maniac, just hauling ass down the river. And, deer uh, on a jet ski oh yep. shit dude I, thought it, I mean i was strapped on you know like that, that would be amazing and yeah. that would be like that would be the like the ideal situation right? yeah you, you're gonna do that you want somebody to witness you like in the act yeah you know like somebody's got to see it from just a point of view where they're like what the hell is that yeah you know yeah Freaking, it's mid-october and here i come hauling <laughs> up the river Guys are trying to fish, and they're just, oh, my God. Yeah, but the walleye fishers out there digging, and here's some psycho fucking ripping down the river with a buck strap to his jet ski, you know, riding it, literally riding the deer, you know. Uh, But, I mean, I've I've come off the river many times when when I had those jet skis for a couple years, and guys would be out there fishing, you know, whatever, and they see me go by, I got to stand you know strapped you know or they're on my back or strapped to the back of the jet ski and then my all my gear and my bow across the front and you know and stop and i notice who they are stop and talk to them and they're like oh what the hell are you hunting off that thing and i was like you just see how fast i came from that part of the river up to here yeah i'm hunting off this thing <laughs> duh efficiency man it's all about efficiency just like with this family right yeah it's all about in yep. and out in and out fast as you can cut the time down you know <laughs> okay probably so not the safest thing to do but when i brought it up in conversation with another guy he goes wouldn't wouldn't he get wet 
You know, nope. like, nope. So, so you're not getting wet, even in choppy water. Yep. Yep. All the water goes this way. Okay. Right? The only time you get wet on a jet ski is if you forcibly do it. Okay. I mean, there are certain jet skis that are better in the water than others, too, right? Yeah. The older and smaller jet skis, you know, they're a little tippier and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but really you could stay dry on the jet ski pretty easy. Yeah. And I usually just throw on like some hip waders or something. Okay. Cause then you can kind of just jump off the jet ski at any point you get on a sandbar or whatever, you know, you can get worry about yeah. getting, getting any wet like that or any kind of weird spray, maybe the wind's blowing a certain mm-hmm. direction and then it's kind of blowing on you or something, but no, nah, stay really, really dry. Uh, how? I had a, how I had a, go ahead. I had a, my, 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 I have a buddy, uh, Nicholas Scalma from Wisconsin. He was up hunting one year and we were all, all hunting off the jet skis. There was four of us and there was so two guys on a jet ski and he's seven. He's like damn near seven foot, he's like six eleven and something, you know, he's a giant dude Yeah, and had no problem, had no problem hunting off the jet ski. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How deep of water can a jet ski go in? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, I mean, really, if you're going full speed, inches. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to go but, full speed into a backwater where you plan on stopping, right? Well, I know. I generally know where the like sandbars are. You yeah. know, I, I've learned the river, you yeah. know, so I know where they're going to kind of generally be. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, you you can go into some shallow, shallow stuff. Okay. That's what's nice. Okay. It's all about just making sure you're not in a bunch of, like, gravel rock beds and stuff like that that sucking rocks up into the jet ski Intake, and, yeah. and stuff like that. But we don't really have that. It's all sandbars here. Okay. You know? All right. So, so it works slick. I cannot wait to see a, the picture when that, when that yeah. goes down, are you going to try to make that happen this year or, or is that yeah. like a couple years yeah, down I mean, the road? I'm, no, I need to, I need, I need to get a jet ski and, Cause I prefer to use it. Yeah. I prefer to use the jet ski over anything else just cause it, it's, it's so slick. Yeah. It's just, you're, it's just so slick, man. You get into spots that you can't, that are harder to get into with the tiller motor, yeah. you know, a tiller handle motor out the back, uh, you know, and you can just get into spots that most guys can't get to just cause sandbars and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you get, you can cut a lot of walking time down too. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a preference, but I mean, you can only use them, you know, right up to probably mid October, you know, and then they, and when what, it's the, warm. so then the water starts to freeze or what? Well, you just, it's the freezing at night, you know, you got to try to make sure you get it, you know, either it's nice and drained out and stuff. So you don't oh, get okay. shit freezing up and I got stuff you. like that. But, I got but you. for the most part, you can, you can do it. You just got to make sure you take the proper preparations when you get to get it out of the water, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but, but I mean, if it's warm I and mean, we get an early, you know, we get warm weather moving into November anymore now, like yeah. we get 60, 70 degrees in early November now. And yeah. as long as it's nice out, I'd, I'd pull that sucker out again and go rip around. When is, so, uh, when does North Dakota open, uh, archery opener? Uh, it's always like that first, 
it's like the last day or two of August, first week of September. I didn't even look at the opener this year. It's got to be like around the first or something I gotcha. like that. All September. right, All right yeah. cool. Cool. Well, dude, I hope it pays out, and I cannot wait to see that that picture. And You'll be the I, first for, one to get it. So, for some <laughs> reason, I would like I just had this picture, this little scenario pop in my head where you reach out to like Yamaha or Sea or somebody like that and say, "Hey, here's yeah. my picture. If you want to post it on your uh, Instagram page of just like yeah. this buck with blood hanging off of the like the back end of it. Oh, oh yeah. man, yeah. oh that'd be yeah. nuts. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Okay. Um, any out of state hunts for you this year? Well, uh, I'm supposed to go to well, my buddy I just talked about mm-hmm. the the big guy Nick. He's got a wedding in September in Wisconsin, so I might I might actually do the opener there. Oh, and, nice! Uh, do some running around just because I'm, I'm going to be there anyways, and so I just got to see what the what it has as far as scheduling goes, and see what, how many days I could do it, and if it'd be possible. But um, that that I'm going to do South Dakota. Um, I missed the public thanks to my buddy Dustin Mall. I missed that because it was funny. He uh. He was supposed to keep me all posted up on it because he's like, hey, dude, you got to come with me this year, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll come down. It's only like, you know, four or five hour drive for most of the stuff for me to get to that stuff. And and so he's like, yeah, 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 let's uh, let's do it. And uh, he texted me. He texted me like, I think an hour or something weird. It was something stupid, like before before it was closing. Oh, like, you mean the deadline? The the the, the, ar- the archery non-resident for South Dakota. Yeah. Okay, an hour yeah, before it and closes. That's how you get to hunt the public land, right? Exactly. Now the only thing left over is the private. Okay. The private thing, and you got to yep. hunt on private. Yeah. So he's yeah. He, I remember he messaged me, and I was busy doing something. I didn't look at my phone, and and I I I seen it after it had closed. Like yeah. I don't know, like fifteen minutes after. And I was like, oh, hey, thanks for this. Thanks for the sweet heads up, dude. <laughs> He's like, I texted you, dude. I was like, yeah, like barely an hour beforehand. Like, come on, man. Oh, man. And he so, just wants the good so spots he, to himself. He's got, he's got, uh, um, he's got a shitload of access to some private, he said. So he's like, ah, just buy the private tag and we'll, you'll still be able to come. To, we'll still go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I put in for the Standing Rock Reservation down down there that's like north dakota and south dakota yep um so see if i get that i just bought the i'm just buying the the point for montana this year because if you buy a point in montana you're like guaranteed a tag the following year mm-hmm. so that way it's gonna be a little more scheduled out you yeah. know yep. so i just kind of taking a break from montana this year um but Minnesota's always up in the air um iowa should be in the next year or two I think I got three points there now. Yeah. So um, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, but talking with my buddy, we might do something Colorado, Idaho, something like that. Even maybe a De- Nebraska, just kind of just feeling it all out here. Yeah. Seeing what mostly just looking for something over the counter that I can kind of just as I can go, I go. You yeah. Know, one of those things. Yeah. That's what I like about Nebraska is. I don't know. You, it, 
it's not scheduled right now. It's over the counter. Oklahoma is over the counter. You know, I have a feeling yep. those, those states are going to change within the next, you know, handful of years, just like what South Dakota did. Even though South mm-hmm. Dakota was a, you had you had to apply anyway, but now they're limiting it, and now it's becoming a draw, like a you know a, a preference mm-hmm. point type scenario. So, I don't know. Yep. I it. it you know, kudos to the residents. They got what they wanted. And I I always think that a state should, you know, obviously manage the wildlife the best possible way. And if they can do that and please the taxpayers and the residents of that state first, that's, I, I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, same. You know, North Dakota is moving that, that direction, though, mm-hmm. with, with more, you know, because, I mean, now it used to be able to buy everything over the counter. Now yeah. it's... You can still buy it it's OTC, but you got to order everything. Okay. So it's like it's moving that direction where they're going to probably get to a point where it's like you got to. It's going to be a draw. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to. I hope. I hope not. I think. I think it's. I think if managed properly, this is a great state for for anybody that wants to come up and and run around. You know, yeah. and just kind of get buying over the counter tag like that. Um, I guess over the net now. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. This. Uh, I think you're right. So I think a lot of states are moving that direction. Yeah. It just sucks that I, I as, as I love hunting South Dakota and I, um, what my goal is, and, and hopefully it works out because I did not draw, uh, Kansas this year so I can do an every other. So like one year I go to Kansas, one year I go to South Dakota and then flip flop, start flipping and back and forth. And hopefully I, I can do that, but yeah. I love, man, I, need I love a, South yeah. Dakota. Yeah, I need a state to do that with Montana so I can yeah. just do one or the other every year, you know? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like yeah. South Dakota is going to be that – South Dakota could be that for you as well, yep. flip-flopping yep. between. Yeah, I think so. Talk to me a little yep. bit. Okay, so you're far enough west where you have mule deer in the area. Um, and oh, you, yeah. And, you know, straight yep. straight south of you in South Dakota, there's so much public land a guy has access to. Is there a yeah. lot of public ground uh, around – you that holds mule deer shit piles of it yeah yeah it's 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 more than you could even attempt to cover it's yeah. it's beyond you it would take you 50 years to even touch most of it mm-hmm. you know it's it's it'd take you forever it's it's massive there's some massive massive spots down in the badlands that are just you could go forever you walk yourself to death you yeah. know it's just and you'd feel like you're literally in the middle of nowhere yeah. you know yeah. And so I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's on the list too, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta smack a big old muley with my bow. Yeah. It's just that, that damn whitetails. Just, <laughs> just, the damn whitetails just drag me into the river bottoms all the time, you know? So here's one thing that I, I and maybe, maybe you experience this up there when you're out there. Cause you know, you, you do chase mule deer every once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times it's with somebody else and somebody yeah. else's tag. Yeah. I've yeah. gotten a, I've shot a few, but it's mostly just been a uh uh a tag that isn't my isn't my archery tag. You know, so yeah. my archery tag for resident here, I can shoot a, a white tail or a muley. Okay. And so Yeah. I'd almost need a, somebody to force it to be just muley. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so you'd have to spot a giant in order to 
to give up on white yeah. for a year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel and it. it would be, it'd be very doable. I, I mean, it's, I know where they're at and I know where, I know where I could go find one. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just about the time, you know, like yeah. I like that. I can just literally right out my front door. I'm going hunting whitetails, you yeah. know, and five, five, 10 minute drive. I'm in, in some, some good shit, you know? Yeah. And so, okay. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I've noticed about, public land out west is yes there is some good there is some good ground but when you when when i here's what i thought i didn't know anything about how public land worked so i pull up uh you know one of my hunting apps and i look for public land to go hunt and there is all these places to go and you're like oh my god i can literally go anywhere i want but they're not all good because there's cattle on them certain times a year oh, yeah. or the uh the the cattle were on there and they grazed down to the dirt right and so there's overgrazing and obviously if there's cattle there or there's no grass to eat there's not going to be any uh any game there so yep. do you run into yep. that in the public in north dakota too Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You can down in the Badlands, you yeah. know, the grassland areas where there's cattle, but it's so vast, man, that it's, it would, it's, I mean, you literally could probably see that, you know, this spot here, this section looks like, you know, they got a bunch of cows out there and whatnot, but most of them, it's such vast country. It's, it's, you're not, but a quarter or a half mile away from good ground, you know, or yeah. untouched grazing or whatever. So yeah, it's just so vast, man. It's it's uh it's it's a that's why I think people are drawn to it. You get here and it's like wow, it's just like I can see forever. I can see forever, yeah. you know. And it's just it's a different experience for most guys because you know a lot of people come from you know the Midwest or is everywhere. Yeah, you come here, you get into some open ground like like you you know see in South Dakota and Nebraska where you're hunting. Where I've seen your your Instagram posts and stuff. It's just vast, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's just cool to be able to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. So last year you connected on a, a decent white tail, a good white tail. Um, are you like, yeah. has there been another deer that you've spotted from last year or that you maybe you, you don't know if he's alive right now, but you had your eye on him last year that you're hoping he made it through to this year. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the deer I killed with muzzleloader, the big sticker point beast uh he uh he was he was kind of living in the same area as another buck it's the straight six by six mm-hmm. older buck and i was kind of i was hunting both of those deer in the muzzleloader essentially but then uh then i i, I got i got a, i got a bead on the on the, the one i killed and, mm-hmm. and then so i kind of just broke off and like focused on him yeah and i didn't expect either one of those or at least one of them not to be available come muzzleloader season because the, the pressure was very heavy in that area and there was a lot of a lot of gun hunters in there and so gun hunting is right before muzzleloader like a week a week and a half before so 
it, uh, it, it really, I wasn't really thinking there was going to be those bucks available or at least one of them, but they ended up both making it surprisingly. And there's a lot of bow hunters in there too. So, um, but there's that, that six by six is still alive. Okay. I know that for a fact. Um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, a, he's going to be a beast. And the, the buck that I shot with my bow, there's, there's, uh, there's going to be one or two down in there that that'll be definitely lookers. There's always, it's just one of those spots. You just know there's always going to be a big deer in there. Okay. I took the biggest deer out of there, you know? Um, and, uh, so it's just a, you take one, one comes in, you take one, one comes in. It's just yeah. kind of how it goes in a lot of these spots. And so, um, it's a mat. it's really a, just a matter of, of which ones, which ones I locate first and, mm-hmm. and what looks like, what looks like the most killable option at the time, you know? Yeah. I really, I kind of avoid targeting one specific animal anymore, right. you know? Right. I like doing it. I like doing it. It's awesome. It's fun. And, uh, um, I kind of did that with the muzzleloader though, just cause it was, it was, uh, I, it, it just one of those, one of those things that where you're just like, all right, why is this deer so hard to kill? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just noticed he was getting by everybody and it was the, tra- I haven't seen trail, trail cam, cell cam setups and like that in any block of woods. Like it, it was insane, man. And there's a reason, I mean, there's, you know, two potential 170 class deer, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 160, 170 class deer running around right there. And not to mention several, you know, uh, probably, you know, 130, 140 classers running around in that general area. Yeah. And so it was like, well, that's why everybody's here. But there was literally, you couldn't go anywhere from the feet, from the fields on any trails and not have a trail camera pointed in your face. Wow. And they would be stacked. You know, as you go deeper into the woods, they'd be stacked. You come to a, a Y, there'd be a trail on this one, trail on this one, or a camera on it. Yeah. So like they were pinpointing to a, to a T, like where these deer were traveling, at least trying to, Yeah. you know, and, and, uh, so it was, it was, it was crazy, but <laughs> that deer, he was, he, he was betting is one of those things where everybody's going this way and that way and taking the easy route uh away from the parking area and he's literally probably bedded 100 100 150 yards from the bedding area right next to everybody where they're parking jamie christmas so it was insane yeah he was closer to my pickup when i first seen him that morning when i shot him he was like 162 165 yards from my truck i measured it on onyx from where he was standing and where he bedded down in yeah. the cattails and i was like look at this asshole yeah <laughs> it's like what a smart, what a smart sucker. So man. everybody a, else is walking just right by him. Yeah. So how I, how I kind of, how I kind of figured out to hunt that spot in, in initially to be right where I was that morning, the day it was like two days prior, I had hunted another section of the timber and there's this water channel, a backup channel that, that was frozen over. And that comes from the river. Well, everybody parked by this channel and they'd walk that channel down directions because it's basically, it was, it was just thicker than hell, you know, mm-hmm. right by the parking lot in certain areas. So like everybody was taking these easy path to travel, you know, and, and, uh, I just happened to want to make a loop through some of this stuff because I was like, I don't know if anybody's really coming through here, you know, at all. I was going to, you know, it's fresh snow. There's good snow on the ground. It'd mm-hmm. be easy to find boot tracks and whatnot. 
And so sometimes it's just about finding out where are there no boot tracks, yeah. you know, that's where you're going to find them. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of making a skim through and, uh, uh, I was coming through like a little funnel area between the, between the, the channel and the cattails. And I was actually, I picked up a trail camera that I had and I hadn't even checked it, but I was just going to move it and just leave it there for another few days and just see what's using that area. And as I was putting the camera up right behind the tree, I was putting the camera on, I seen something get up and start moving through the brush. And I was like, just had a feeling. I was like, Oh, there's one of them big deer. One that's gotta be. So I ran around this clump of brush. And as, as I got out to where I could see in the cattails, here he is. He's, he's just not running, just he's on a quick little trot through the cattails and I just see his rack. And he's about 120 yards away, just moving away from me. And okay. I watch where he goes across the cattails and into the willow, a big willow finger. And, it, and uh, I was like, all right, I know what this deer is doing now. Okay. I got him I, right there. I knew I got him. I was like, I got him. He, this is, he's not going to leave this area because it, it made sense. I was, yeah. as I was putting that camera up, I was like, this is money. I can just tell this is where one of them big deer, if not both are hanging out. So yeah waited for the right situation it was the next it was two mornings from then circled around i made a big ass circle I, I and i did the exact same thing i did that morning as far as parking where i did at the parking lot and i, I kind of replicated it like what why did he bed there well i'm going to do exactly basically what i did the, that morning prior you know two mornings prior and thankfully more people had showed up that that day made it very similar to what happened that morning when he was bedded there and so i got there super early and uh i'm set up around the edge of these cattails and i can see everything like i got man 30 feet in the air and just because i wanted to just learn a little bit about it if nothing else and mm -hmm. see if i can just pinpoint something on him and maybe even see him bed down and go shoot him you know stalk him and so uh got up super high it was like the most perfect tree perfect setup possible and i found it in the dark yeah you know one of those where you're like you get to the base of the tree you're like fuck yeah you know like <laughs> this is it this is it this is it man you need to climb when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm in the tree you're just grinning the whole morning the whole time you know just getting up there you get set up and you're sipping some coffee and you're just like fuck yeah it's gonna happen it's dude. gonna happen it's gonna happen so i'm sitting there for about a half hour in the dark and now finally the first few pickups start pulling in and it's one pickup then another pickup then another pickup then another pickup what was wild was and this is why he was bedded where he was i could hear those guys this perfect calm morning I could hear those guys walk on that ice forever in the directions they went. Okay. Just crunching. <laughs> so it made so much sense that he was where he was because he could just hang out, see where everybody's going to go and where they go. And then he knows where the safe zones are. Yeah. yeah. And so when he, when, it, so after all that, all these guys, there was, I think there was a total of five trucks sh showed up. And, you know, guys, I could watch headlights going this way and that way. And I was like, perfect. 
And it was like everything funneled everything right into that spot, like where all the pressure was. And I was like, oh, it's money. He's coming. And it was like half hour after first light. And I see him step out from the willow line right into the cattails. And he's, he's and working he his way right towards you. He's just kind of right. He's out, like he was, I think he was like 280 yards from me, but like 160 yards from my truck Okay. at that point. Okay. And so like, I wasn't very far from my pickup, but I made a hell of a loop to get in there. Mm-hmm. I, I made like, I don't know, like a mile, mile and a half loop to kind of trick him. Hopefully like thinking like, Oh, he went off into that other block like the other day, you know, or yeah. whatever. And then I made a big loop and then I backtracked all the way up okay. along the cattail edge. So basically made like the big J hook thing that, you yep. know, that people say bucks like to do. Um, so got in there and then, so he beds down in the cattails and I'm like, Oh, I actually thought he was going to work the cattail edge right to me. I thought yeah. for sure but he beds down. He just beds down right there. And so I contemplated for a while what the hell I should do, if I should just hang out, if I should wait, if I should call my dad and have him try to bump him to me, you know, I was like, yeah. I was going through all these ideas. And, and finally I was just like, fuck it, put the camera on him, climbed down, started stalking. And wasn't the worst stalking, uh, you know, in, I guess, scenario you could possibly want is dead calm, kind of crunchy snow, cattails, you know, yep. just trash, you know, yep. and, but what I thought was these moose, what, what moose will do around here is they like to travel the cattails. There'll be a, you have a wall of willows and then you'll have cattails. Mm-hmm. They like to travel that little line. So I was thinking, yeah, maybe there's one of those moose, moose trails that will kind of have it all kind of opened up and beat down and not be so bad. And when I got down from my tree, I don't know, probably the first hundred, 150 yards was that oh, I was nice. like, sweet. I was like, sweet. I just got to be patient and go, I go, go, go glass. them. still there. I could see his horns. Cause at this point we had a bunch of snow and it kind of knocked down the cattails. So they were only, you know, probably up to their belly. Mm-hmm. Right. They had been all been kind of crushed down. And then there was, you know, little patches that were taller. Well, he bedded right next to one of those patches that were tall. Right. He put his back right up to it. Yeah. And uh, so he's just laying there. He actually stood up like two times as I was, as I was stalking. And I thought like, oh, fuck, he got me, you know, whatever. Or he's going to make his move to a different bed or whatever the case. But I got to about 110, 120 yards, which is a poke, open sights, muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. We don't get a scope up here. It's a one power scope is all you can use. And so um, free handed, you know, I didn't have a shooting stick or nothing with me. I just going after him. And I get to a point where it's like, Oh man, I have no trail. I have nothing. And it's just a jungle of cattails and shit. And it's like when I got to make the closing, you know, yeah. distance here. So finally, I just, I took my, I had big bunny boots on, like, you know, Mickey boots, whatever you want to call them. And they're just big bulky rubber things. Mm-hmm. Took those off. I'm in my socks and I'm trying to creep through this stuff. And it's, you know, low teens at best, you know, um, ambient. Yeah. And so my feet are getting numb and I'm creeping through. I get, I get a ways and I go, Holy shit. I can't, I can't go this. I can't go this way. I literally can't go where I was trying to go. So I was like, well, screw it. So I backtrack, I get to my boots and I was like, well, I'm just going to go for it. There's a tree between me and him. I'm going to just stay between me and that tree. 
and in him and i'm just gonna slowly make my way make a little noise if i got to but i'll just wait i'll just make it seem like it's a deer milling around hopefully so i do that as i start walking i get to about 90 about 90 95 yards or so and at that point i had made my call to my dad and i told him what i was doing and we had a backup plan that if I literally can't go any farther, he was going to be looping around and he was going to come in and let his wind kind of bump him right down the edge to me. Yeah. So it was kind of a backup plan. And it was really kind of getting to where I was going to, we were going to make that call and just see if he could bump him right to me, you know? But what happened was my dad got to that parking area and he parked at the furthest parking area. There's two different parking areas and he parked there and I didn't hear him. I uh, I didn't hear him actually get there, but literally when that deer, he ended up getting up as I was kind of sneaking up and, but I was actually standing and I'd been standing and glassing him and I wasn't moving and he, I knew he was looking away from me, but he just gets up and he kind of, you can just see he gets a little nervous Yeah. and he, he starts moving, he starts moving through the cattails and I just pulled up on him at about 90 and let one fly. Well, I call my dad immediately and cause I, I, I heard it hit and then he runs through the cattails and I can see him standing in a willow finger in the sun and he's just standing in there. And I call my dad. And I'm like, yeah, I shot him. He's like, I think he heard me come up the bank on this side. He's like, did he, he's, he's like, what, he's like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. He just got up all of a sudden and seemed like he got nervous and he got, he got moving. He said, I don't think he's seen me, heard me, smelled me or nothing. But what happened is my dad got onto that bank on that channel and he walked away from us. And then he came up on our side and he said, Luke, I barely got up into this side and you shot. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe he was like thinking, you know, like, oh, well this, you know, like he could hear my dad walking, I'm sure. Yeah. And so he probably was like, all right, time to move into the deeper stuff. You know, Yeah. I had to make my way across here where he did the other day. Essentially yeah. he was going around that stuff when he escaped, when I was there. So shoot him. And he goes into that stuff and he's standing there, standing there. And then I see him kind of humped up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, got shot him. You know, yeah. it's all I can think is I got shot him. Yeah. So at that point I called dad and I'm like, all right, I think he's just going to lay down in there or whatever. And I'm just kind of, you know, like all deer hunters, we just want to finish this damn deer off. Right. Yep. I mean, you just, you just want to take these deer out and not have them suffer and, so I was like, what could I do? What could I do? How could I get this thing? And it's just a finger of willows and trees that come into the cattails, right? So it's cattails on both sides. It's just a finger he's in. Mm -hmm. And he beds down. So I'm like, all right. Told dad, I was like, I'm going to loop around. I know where he's going to go. From that finger, is the next finger over is a bigger one. And that's where he went to and escaped to the day, two days prior. Like if let me get into position and then you just come up that finger and bump him. He's going to run right to me. You know, I just, I just knew he was going to do that. So we do that. I get it. I get in position. Dad comes working up. I'm glassing over there. I'm about 200 yards away and I see the deer get up and he actually, he let my dad walk right past him. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Like my dad was right there on top of him within five, six yards. And wow. he gets up, jumps out of that stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, he's, he's, I'm, I'm too far north. So I sprint down through this like open flat and make a, a, I don't know, two, about a 200 yard sprint south to get in front of him. And I didn't think I'd get there, but it was like, well, I'm going to try. 
So I get there and I'm huffing and puffing. I stop and I'm looking around. I don't hear nothing. I don't see nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did he already get through here or what's the deal? And finally I hear some brush between me and my dad moving around and she must've ran into this stuff and stopped is what he must've done. Yeah. And gave me some time to get there. Oh man. Pretty soon. Here he comes. He just took off and he's running right at me, dude, like <laughs> right down the barrel. And I'm like, Holy shit. It's going to work. He comes running by boom. I shoot him at about 15 yards as he runs by wow. heard that thwack. And the son of a bitch keeps going. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell dude like what do i gotta do what do i gotta do this is two you know 50 cal bullets through this thing from the muzzle loader and i'm like what the hell here's a bow hunter like 150 yards from me through the brush through the the timber the main timber he comes down out of his tree and he's like you get that thing and i was like wow i i think i hit him i said he's like oh you hit him i heard that yeah you know i heard the first one he said and, and I was like, and he's like, he ran right here behind my tree back through this really thick shit. And he heard him running. And then he said he got quiet. And he's like, so I don't know if he went in there and died or what. So I, uh, so at that point, I'm like, all right, I got two bullets in this thing. I gave it about 20, 20, 30 minutes. And I had my dad and this other guy that we met. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll help you guys out. So what, you know, what are we going to do? And so they got to two different positions to see if, when I go in following this blood trail, if, if I kick him out of that stuff, maybe they'll see where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, all the while I'm trying to beat the clock. I got a basketball game starts at like one thirty. <laughs> so, so this is getting to be about 11 o'clock, right? 1130. Right. And I'm like, wow. I, and this last rest of the day, I didn't have any daylight. So I, I stalk in there and not finding a whole lot, much blood at all. And, get to a spot where I get almost through that next finger into the cattails. And I'm like, well, if he made it through here, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And about the time I start thinking that 15 yards to my left, he jumps up out of the jumps up in the brush and just heads straight deeper into that thicket and that mm-hmm. willow thicket in the middle of the cattails. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm out. I got to go to basketball. I got to be, I, I barely made it to the basketball games, you know, on time. So I waited till the next morning and went in there and he went, hundred yards from that spot. Okay. Okay. So, so where did you hit him? A wild story, man. Where, where did you hit him? So once what I, I only, only found one bullet hole. That was a weird thing. Right. Right. Yep. Mid sent mid section. Okay. But I hit him. I hit him twice. I had to have it. Cause I mean, he acted weird the first shot and the second shot, like that guy was like, you hit him the second time. Like, yeah. Holy shit. That made a hell of a flap, you know? And so, I didn't really inspect too heavily, but I mean, it was, I know the one was right midsection and then, uh, he did have something bleeding down by his foot, mm-hmm. but it didn't look like a bullet. It looked yeah. like maybe he injured it running or something possibly through all that brush. Yeah. But I don't know. It was strange, but, but Hey, you got him recovered and, uh, yeah, that's great, man. So the next morning, uh, you walked up on him and he was probably stiff as a board, huh? Yeah, and yeah, thankfully there was there was no coyotes on him. Yeah, know? and it was cold, and it was cool, was, you know. Cold, oh yeah, cold, yeah, so. yeah, it was colder than shit. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. No, got man. all the meat off him. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so in this same area now, that's yep. where that the the same area that you've been talking about is where this other buck lives, as yep. well. Yep. Okay. All right, and so yep. you think he's going to be running the same path as the this buck? 
I'm going to be definitely paying attention because I know he was. It was funny, man. Literally, because my cameras were right in that. I had a couple cameras in that, that right close to that bedding area. It was literally the following day after I recovered him. I had pictures of that other buck right there. Okay. And there was no pictures there up until that point. So it was like one of those, you take a big buck out. Power vacuum type deal. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was pretty cool to see how that worked. And then he, then he just steadily stayed there all the way through like February and, and, and whatnot. And so, and then he shed his horns and, and, uh, I went out looking one time for him, but there were so many boot tracks out there. I was, I was not going to waste my time, you know, and. Sounds like there's some pressure there. Yeah, Quite man, it's, it's, there's certain spots are, that's yeah. the thing. Like there's just hot spots that are the big, big, vast timber spots. There's just usually quite a bit of people these days, you know, and yeah. uh, a lot of them from out of state that moved here, working here now with the oil field and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a lot more bow hunters. Cause we don't get, we don't have a great chance at deer uh, rifle tags anymore as residents either. So, oh, okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're waiting anywhere from seven to 10 years for a rifle tag a lot of times. Holy smoke. For a resident, for, for this unit, for this unit, okay. this unit's just a really sought after units cause it's got all the river bottoms, but, um, so, and people, a lot of people picking up bows cause they want to hunt. Yep. And so most yep. season can get pretty wild. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, well, you, you, it sounds like you got, uh, potential uh in the bag for this upcoming season with that that uh, six by six that made it through sounds like you got uh south dakota and potentially some other hunts uh to 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 think about maybe wisconsin maybe nebraska i uh i don't know dude i yeah i uh i don't get too i mean i get hyped up for the Mm -hmm. for the actual hunts because i have to schedule everything out these days but I don't really get right. so hype like a week before where I'm just like, ah, I can't wait. I can't, can't wait. It's just like, I know it's coming. I'm going to chill. I'm going to go get, I'm going to get whatever I need to get done. And then I'm going to go get crazy. Yeah. 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 On the drive there, you're, you're, you're hyping yourself you're up. Starting to yeah. Get a little... <laughs> yeah. You, you hit the tunes and then, then the right tunes hit. And then yeah. Yeah. Hey, all up. on the river bottoms down, up there in North Dakota, is there uh, a lot of turkeys in that area? You know, there there was there was when I was growing up. Yeah, and I think I think with with a lot of the farmers around here knocking down a lot of this uh, a lot of this other timber, like there's just like old farms steads and stuff like that. I don't know if it's just like good nesting areas and stuff like that that have diminished it or something or just flooding and, and mm-hmm. just too wet you know I don't know what what the scenario is but we used to have a lot more turkey yeah and now like this year people just struggled in the river bottoms like bad yeah. I knew several people with turkey tags and they just barely could see a turkey yeah you know and yeah. so it was just like but then you go south or you go east of here, whatever, you get into these, you know, grassland hills and some ravines and, you know, cedar ravines and stuff like that. There's, you know, freaking turkeys everywhere. Yeah. So are there Merriams? There's turkeys up here. Yeah. But river bottoms are pretty, pretty barren. Do you have uh, Merriams or do you got that crossover like Eastern Merriam mix? I couldn't even tell you, man. Yeah. Turkey's a fucking turkey to me. <laughs> 
that, there's your hot take. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. It's like it's not. I don't. I don't knock anybody that hunts them. I just can't get into it. I, and I have had fun doing it. I took yeah. my mom out. She shot one. You know, like, and I have fun. It's just, yeah. it's there's always something else, right? Yeah. During that time of the year. Yeah. That time of the year, I'm getting amped paddle fishing. Paddle fishing, you know. Yeah. I, that's that's like. But you know, buck hunting and paddle fishing, you know, like they're right, it's not far below, like it's odd, but it's it's more of the camaraderie, right. hanging out with the boys on the river that kind of puts that up yeah. there. But it's just a cool thing, it's hard to explain. Some you just got to try it at some point, and then you'll be like, All right, I kind of see where you can get addicted to this, shit. yeah. All so, right. all right. Well, Mr. Lucas, man, I really appreciate uh, you taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with me for a little bit. Uh, thanks for your time and good yeah. luck this upcoming season, man. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, dude. Always a pleasure. And that's it. Huge shout out to Lucas. Huge shout out to all the brands that support this podcast. Tethered, Wasp, Vortex, Hunt Stand. Uh, Woodman's Pal and Huntworth. We got another uh, another company joining in July. Looking forward to that. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, it's all about the good vibes, man. I'm starting to see some antlered bucks. I was driving down the road the other day and I saw an ant, uh, a velvet buck, right? Velvet buck. I, and I got fired up for the velvet rut that's coming here in August. And I can't wait to get my cameras out, start getting pictures of those things, and uh, get the ball rolling on this uh, next season, locating a deer and finding out where he lives and finding out how he walks through the, the terrain and then putting a, a saddle or a tree stand up and then putting an arrow through his vitals and collecting his meat. I know it sounds crazy, but anyway, good vibes in, <laughs> good vibes out, and we will talk to you next time.